All right, No Limits Podcast. Once again, welcome back. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for all the insights and reviews and feedback and ideas. And once again, very, very excited to get stuck into today. The nerves are still there. The imposter syndrome is still there, but I'm still happy to keep pushing on as always. It's uh, taken me, like mentioned in the first podcast, about three years to get started, but here we are. So thank you very much for tuning in. So in today's podcast, I'm absolutely going to be stepping out of my wheelhouse here a bit. I'm going to be a 27-year-old basically telling you to go to sleep and the benefits of sleep. Um, But I think it is something that will definitely help you out a lot and help you out with all your fat loss, muscle building goals, and just general life goals and getting more from your day and um, productivity, strength, performance, the list goes on. Um, Mental health, everything. So first off, with this podcast today, I'm going to run through basically my journey with sleep and um, mistakes I've made along the way, some cool things I've learned along the way, and some new tools and tricks that I've implemented that I hope can help you to also level up your sleep. And by default, as we know, once we level up our sleep, usually our life is going to level up as well. So some key mistakes I've made in past. And the first thing is not taking my sleep seriously. Um, I sort of would just focus more so on my training and nutrition. And this would come down to me making silly, silly mistakes. Now, if you knew about pre-workouts way back, far out, that would have been, so I would have been probably 16 years old, currently 27, so 11 years ago. I'm not even going to try to do the maps on the years. Um, there were these pre-workouts back there, back then, which were insane. All of them are basically banned now because they basically found out that they were pretty much flavored speed in a bottle that you could drink. I remember there was this one pre-workout, Jack 3D. Now, if you know, you know, that shit was unreal. I remember I could only do like eight pull-ups at the time. And then I took this Jack 3D for the first time, felt like I was at bloody stereosonic and managed to get, I think like 13 pull-ups. And I was basically addicted from then. But the thing that I would do is take it regardless of the time of the day. I wasn't aware about the half-life of caffeine and stimulants, so well, mainly caffeine. So if you weren't aware, the caffeine half-life is about eight hours. So that means if we, say, have 200 milligrams of caffeine at like 12 p.m., eight hours later, there could still be 100 milligrams of caffeine still circulating in the bloodstream. Now, I was a 16-year-old in prime growth development, going through puberty where testosterone, growth hormone are all in my favor, and I would be smashing down this pre-workout at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and wondering why I would just be staring at the ceiling like I just had a bloody night out, and it would just result in me having no energy across the day, monsters, monster amount of fatigue, and just being in a terrible, terrible place, but I would just justify it as, yeah, but I had a cool workout, so it's all worth it. I would also do the, the uh, classic scrolling Netflix, all the TV shows whilst 
right before going to bed. And I know this is something that, you know, we all struggle with. We've, we're all addicted to our phones. We're all addicted to, you know, stimulation. And it is something that I didn't realize impacted my sleep a lot until I made that adjustment. And this is the one thing that I, I focus on a lot with sleep. And this is probably how I learn a lot of my things. And you might be able to relate to this as well. I oftentimes don't learn by the benefits of things or how good things feel. I often learn by how bad things feel and how much it sucks when I don't get sleep. So it's not necessarily how good I feel when I do sleep, although that is awesome. It's how bad I feel when I don't sleep. Like I'm sure you've related to this. There's been moments in your life where you've just had, you know, back to back terrible night's sleep and then just it feels like everything in your day just becomes way more challenging. Everything stresses you out a lot more. You're more hungry. Your performance in the gym suffers. You know, your fuse shortens. You probably yell at your partner a bit more or you yell at your mum or dad a bit more. And um, this is something that I always like to reflect on. And it's um, whenever I get that temptation to just keep scrolling or, you know, have a coffee later in the day, I always just think like, how is this going to impact me tomorrow? So like mentioned, I was never, well, there was a long time I wasn't really focused on sleep at all. It was all just about training and then I didn't worry about everything else outside of the training window. So the turning point for me with my sleep was actually through a podcast. So hopefully you'll have the same experience here, potentially but I don't think this podcast is going to uh, come anywhere near close to as powerful as, as the podcast that I first learned the importance of sleep. So if you haven't listened to it, it's Matthew Walker on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I think it's basically about a three-hour podcast, but you'll be locked in. The amount I learned from that was amazing. It was actually quite scary. And um, Matthew Walker also wrote a book called Why We Sleep. And it's a really, really good audio book that covers a lot about the health benefits, you know, comparing studies, which I'll delve into one of them in this podcast too. And that really changed the game for me and made me think a little bit more about my sleep. Once doing this, all of a sudden I noticed my training improved. My mood improved. I was more productive throughout the day. I was more open to taking risks. I wasn't just worried about getting through the day. Um, and there was so many other benefits that I noticed. Like if I was in a fat loss phase, you know, if I sleep well, all of a sudden I noticed that you know, my progress would be much better. If I was in a muscle building phase, I noticed my progress would be much better. I'd recover much quicker. I wouldn't feel like these nagging little niggles when I'm training as well. And something that I delved into in the last podcast that comes into relation with sleep, and I know I know you can relate to this. I won't even say you might be able to. So I personally, if I have a poor night's sleep, one of the first things I think about when I wake up is, all right, here we go. I'm going to be hungry today. I would never be satisfied with a meal and basically my whole focus would just go towards super tasty, highly palatable food. So basically thinking about getting a pizza 
or pasta <laughs> and just eating and eating and eating. Now, why is this? So when we're sleep deprived, like mentioned in the, the um, meal timing podcast, our ghrelin increases. So ghrelin is a hunger hormone, drives us to want to eat. Our leptin decreases, so our satiety hormone, so which helps us feel satisfied after meals. So if you're in a fat loss phase and you're struggling with hunger, maybe just getting an extra hour in bed could change the game for you because it definitely, definitely changed the game for me. And I know if I get a poor night's sleep, hunger is going to be through the roof and that's something to keep in mind. There was actually a really, really cool study which um, I've done a post on on Instagram, but I'll delve into it here. And this really changed the game for me. So basically, they had two groups in this study. One group was allowed a five and a half hour sleep opportunity window. So they basically forced them to wake up after five and a half hours. The other group had an eight and a half hour sleep opportunity window. The study had these participants in a lab and they basically matched their total protein and calories to achieve a consistent deficit across all of them. So this wasn't just a calorie calculator, which yes, I have one in my Instagram bio, but it's not, you know, that's just a starting guide. It gives you the base, but then you've got to actually measure things out and, and see how you're responding. But these guys actually did like deep, deep scans, like super sciencey stuff to establish true calorie deficit for all the participants in the group. Now, what they found is that both groups lost the same amount of weight. Awesome. So getting less sleep doesn't necessarily mean you get fatter. So I guess that's a positive. But what they did find is that of that weight, about 50% of that weight in the sleep deprived group. So five and a half hours sleep opportunity came from muscle. So they actually lost more muscle, even though the calorie deficit was consistent, where the eight and a half hour group actually lost the vast majority from body fat. So if that isn't enough to help you focus a little bit more on sleep, I don't know what is. So if you want more muscle, less body fat, sleep's probably going to be a game changer for you. So I'm out of my wheelhouse here. This is a bit of imposter syndrome, but I'm going to delve into some things that I've done with my sleep and the way I attack my sleep routine that has helped me immensely with improving the quality of my sleep, the quality of my life, and the quality of my progress inside the gym. So it all begins at the start of the day. So if you follow me on Instagram, I assume you do, you're probably sick of seeing my stories where I'm putting up the sun in the morning when I'm getting my steps in. Now, why do I do this? I never used to do this at all. It would just be wake up, get in the car, go straight to work, stay inside all day. And I would never really think about sun exposure. So morning sunlight, why do we want to see morning sunlight? So basically what it does is it sets in our body's circadian rhythm. Our, basically our system hasn't updated since medieval times. So we want to be as close to 
our wake and sleep times as we would be if we didn't have, you know, lights, Netflix, Instagram, keeping us all awake at night. So basically viewing sunlight first thing in the morning allows us to set our circadian rhythm and basically tells our body clock, all right, we need to get to sleep in the next 14 to 16 hours. Now I know what you're thinking, Rick, what if it's overcast? The sunlight still can come through because we want that sun rays, sun rays in our eyes. So even if it means like I know, you know, potentially work in an office or you're indoors, you know, even if it just means sneaking outside as soon as you can just to get some sunlight in the retina um, has been a major, major game changer for me. Now, this one was tough. This took a long time for me to get used to and I still suck at it from time to time. Um, I remember I used to always just wake up and it was like the first thing I did was have a coffee because it is, I'm basically like 80% coffee in my blood. But what I found is that all of a sudden, you know, I'd be super, super fatigued. I'd get that afternoon crash. I'd be more anxious throughout the day. And then I started to delay my caffeine first thing in the morning by about 90 minutes. The recommendations closer to 90 to 120, I would probably go more 60 to 90. And this has been something that has helped a lot with my sleep quality because it means I don't actually have to have as much caffeine across the day. I still do from time to time, but not as much. Now on the other sad note of caffeine, I know you might be one of these people, but I know there's some people and they scare me a lot, who can have like a short black coffee and have it with dinner and go to sleep. Now, yes, you can go to sleep. Just like when I was 16 years old and I was taking the Jack 3D pre-workout formula, uh, I would be staring at the ceiling quite a lot, but some nights I would pass out and I would sleep. And the difference between this is, is you know those nights where potentially go out for a few drinks because alcohol does this as well. And what it basically does, if you've got caffeine still circulating in your bloodstream, it stops you from getting your really deep REM sleep. So this is basically your restorative sleep that helps you feel much more rejuvenated across the day, consolidates memory, um, healing processes, all the good stuff. So caffeine, like I mentioned before, has a half-life of about six to eight hours. So that means half-life, not full life. So if you're banging pre-workouts or banging coffees late in the afternoon and you know, you're like, I'm getting eight hours of sleep, but I just don't feel refreshed when I wake up, that could potentially be impacting you and it could potentially still be circulating in your bloodstream. So I personally like to cut my caffeine off, like have no more caffeine after 2 p.m. This includes like Coke Zero, Pepsi Max, even green tea, things like that still do have caffeine in them. And this is something that's been immensely helpful for me because I used to be able to get, you know, eight hours sleep, but I wouldn't wake up feeling really that rejuvenated. And I always like to control the hour pre-bed. So what do I mean by that? So like setting the environment has been big for me. So some things that I do is basically try, make my room into 
an absolute cave. Now, I basically dim all the lights. I basically have the cooler on ice cold. Now, why is this? So research shows that bright lights, melatonin, can impact our melatonin production. Melatonin is our sleep hormone. So that's what allows us to fall and stay asleep. When we have bright lights, it sort of mimics like it's daytime, right? So then that can trick our brain into thinking it's still daytime. So we don't need to, you know, prepare and get ready for sleep. So I try to mimic my environment and make it cool as well. You might have experienced this with a partner where of the opposite sex, usually I find most cases <laughs> it's um, females who prefer it to be a lot warmer and males prefer it to be a lot colder. I know this is something that was a bit challenging for me in the past. Um, and what you'll find is that if you're sleeping in a super hot environment, it can make things super challenging to get to sleep. Now, this is because the body typically has its best sleep when the, I think it's the core body temperature is around 18 degrees. This doesn't necessarily mean you need to set the cooler at 18 degrees, but ideally you don't want to be warm or too hot before you go to bed. So that's something I like to do. Now, this is something I also suck at and mentioned in the previous podcast, eating close to bed. Now, I used to love the idea of just like sitting there with my big bowl of uh, protein oats or cream of rice and smashing that down and then just going straight to sleep. You might find the same thing where after you have like a big meal, you just feel super sleepy. The problem is that as we're trying to sleep, the body's trying to digest that food. So it's still got to be awake to digest assimilate all the nutrients that we've just consumed and i literally did this last night and i am feeling a little bit sleep deprived today doing a podcast on sleep so last night i had to unfortunately and i despise this so much shopping shopping is just i don't know it just stresses me out and it stresses me out even more when i'm winter shopping as i'm going to um tokyo for uh, a holiday for a week on Tuesday morning. I'll fly out at 2.40 in the morning. That's going to be fun. Um, so winter shopping already in, in a hot climate is is not fun. And ended up walking around for too long. And then I got home pretty late. And I ended up having to have my pre-bed meal at like 8 o'clock. And I usually try to get to bed at 9. And I found that I did not get as good of a night's sleep last night at all. So typically I try to have a meal no no later than nine, no closer than 90 minutes pre-bed. And I find this has helped a lot. Um, like I mentioned in the past podcast, you know, vast majority of carbohydrates can go pre-bed. There's nothing wrong with having carbohydrates pre-bed. It's not like a carb, like not like a calorie changes because of how close it is. Um, to sleep, carbohydrates, high carbohydrates pre-bed can also help with serotonin, so which is a hormone that can help us feel more relaxed. And also adding in some fructose with those meals, so fruit sources can help too, as fruit has been shown to help with sleep quality as well. So another one that you might see around, and you might be a little bit hesitant to deploy, but something that I've done and people will talk shit, but 
fuck them. I would um, slap on some blue light blockers. So these are basically the glasses that, you know, got the orange film on them, makes it look like you're a tradie on a job site. Now, I wear these because I can tell myself, all right, I'm going to not look at my phone or I'm not going to look at any screens before bed. But that would just be me talking absolute shit. (laughs) So as a way to offset this to a degree, it's a hack. It's not the optimal, but it's a hack. He's wearing blue light blockers because blue, blue light or any bright light for that matter is going to impact our melatonin production, which is going to help with our sleep quality. So if your partner gives you shit or if your family gives you shit, who cares? If it's going to help you sleep, it's going to help your life. And I guess like all things, oftentimes that when we do something that's out of the ordinary, people will jump at us because it's a little bit different. But then oftentimes if you just stick to your guns, eventually they'll catch on and they might even give it a go and then realize, wow, like my life has improved a lot. And like we should take sleep seriously because if we think about it, we spend one third of our life in bed, like sleeping. So, you know, 24 hours of the day, we're aiming for eight hours a night. That's one third of our life. So we might as well make the most of it and make it something that's going to, you know, we're going to get the most optimal outcomes from it. So with another hack that I've deployed recently, and I put on my story the other day, uh, sleep mask and earplugs. These have helped me immensely. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the blackout from the sleep mask and the slight eye pressure. And it's another one that you might think, no, that's a bit extra. And you don't have to deploy any of these either. But since deploying this, I found my sleep has improved dramatically. And then even the earplugs too. It's like, it basically just removes all senses from, from around you and you can just focus on your sleep. Now, I know there might be some people out there that find that if things are like too quiet, they struggle to get to sleep because then they potentially, you know, hear their heart rate or they, they just think a lot and then it makes things more challenging. So this is something that might help as well. So when I actually first listened to that Matthew Walker, Joe Rogan podcast, I had that set on a sleep timer. So there's this really cool feature in your, in your phone, iPhone, I don't know if Android's got a, got, I've got no idea about Android. Um, so basically you can set a sleep timer. And what I used to do, I would put in a podcast and set a sleep timer for say 30 minutes. And I would just go to sleep, listening to the podcast. And oftentimes I would wake up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet and I'd realize, oh shit, my earphones are still in. So that's something that you could do too as well. If you find that if things are too quiet, it actually makes it hard for you to get to sleep. So I'd recommend a sleep timer. Ideally a podcast that's not like super, super intense, maybe like, you know, uh, an informative podcast, someone's voice that puts you to sleep. I mean, if my voice puts you to sleep, sweet, then you can listen into this before bed. I won't be upset about that. Um, So another one is pillows. What the hell? I'm listening to a podcast, 27-year-olds talking about pillows. Like I mentioned before, one-third of your life in bed, probably a good investment to get some quality pillows. I'm sure you've experienced those nights where you might be staying somewhere else, staying in someone's place. Pillows aren't the best. 
and then you wake up and you realize you have not had a good night's sleep. Now, another thing that I'll delve into is supplements I use to help sleep. Now, before I get stuck into this, there is I'm not a doctor. So this is not a prescription. This is not something that, you know, you can yell at me about if you use these and it doesn't go to plan. And I am also a bit of a sleep fiend. Since I've noticed the quality of my life improved since implementing these sleep protocols and focusing on my routine, I have gone a bit overboard with my sleep stack. I probably don't need all these things, but I enjoy the experimenting of it. And you might find the same. Like, um, I give shit about subs. And if you'd like me to do a podcast on supplements, I'm more than happy to do, do one. Um, and I laugh about back in the day. I remember going to like the supplement store when I was a teenager, walking out with basically everything in the store and thinking, that's it. I'm going to make all this progress now when really my lifestyle and my environment was not conducive whatsoever. The same thing goes with sleep. The supplements are there to supplement, to help, to aid. They're not there to take control over everything. And then if you're smashing coffees pre-bed, you know, doing, you know, everything you got to do to stay stimulated pre-beds, watching Netflix, but then we just smack down their subs, you'll be good to go. Uh, they're there to help. So with the supplements that I personally take, I personally take magnesium. So magnesium is fantastic for muscle recovery. It's very, very easily depleted. A lot of people are um, deficient in it. Helps you get into a bit more of a relaxed state. I take L-theanine. Very, very good for reducing anxiety. Can help you feel a lot more relaxed pre-bed. Uh, 5-HTP. Now, if you've um, been on the party scene and you're aware of, you know, using enhancers and the serotonin um, help that 5-HTP can have, basically, 5-HTP is something that I first discovered, which if you listen to my first podcast, um, no, my second podcast, sorry, delving into my story where I probably overshared a bit. I sort of delved into party days where I used to utilize MDMA. And what 5-HTP can actually do is, and okay, I'll actually delve into what it, what it offsets. So if you have no experience with MDMA, basically what it does is it grabs all your serotonin. So like a your happy hormone, your feel-good hormone. And the way I see it, it grabs all of that from the week ahead and just drags it all into that period of time. Now, I'm not promoting this at all. Please don't take this as advice whatsoever. So what you would experience is like a crash and a come down. So you might be able to relate to this where you're dragging your feet all day, your mood's all over the place, you're super low energy, you're just not feeling yourself. And it takes usually, you know, one to two weeks to just feel normal again. Now, what 5-HCP can do is actually improve your serotonin production, reboot it. And it can, that's actually why I started using it initially, just to help with that. Because then I found I wouldn't feel like shit for seven days, I'd feel like shit for three. So that was when my first introduction to it was. But then I looked into it a little more and it actually helps a lot with reducing anxiety and sleep. So started adding that into the sub stack and that has stayed in for 
probably about two years now. Melatonin. Now, this is one that not everyone agrees with, but when we think about what is the sleep hormone, melatonin. The problem with melatonin is a lot of them are way overdosed and it's very important to get single ingredient melatonin. So I would take this melatonin, magnesium, L-theanine, 5-HTP, and I'll also just sip on a chamomile tea. Chamomile tea, just the action of drinking it helps a lot with getting more relaxed and staying asleep. Blue light blockers on, cool, calm, dark environment. Haven't had any caffeine after, you know, 2 p.m. And that's been something that's been super useful for me so far. Um, I've also deployed GABA and inositol, which are supplements to the Substack. Experimenting with them at the moment, have noticed benefits, but I mean, it's a pretty hefty Substack. So if you wanted to keep it super simple, I'd probably just recommend magnesium and L-theanine. But as always, environment is what matters most. So with this, I always like to encourage, think about how you feel when you don't sleep. And then think about how good you feel when you do. And as you sit in there thinking about potentially watching another episode on Netflix, potentially thinking about just scrolling away on your phone, seeing nothing that's really useful and just being stimulated, this could change the game for your performance in the gym, your fat loss, and getting so much more from your life. So I've rambled on a little bit in this episode, but hopefully you've had some key takeaways from this and you know, sleep, it could really be the difference between hitting that PB you've been striving for, getting that extra rep or not getting that extra rep, or even just showing up to the gym or not. I know definitely there's been times where sleep has kept me out of the gym. And I do encourage you to, you know, if you are sleep deprived, that's actually when I've actually had, I've had two injuries in my life from actually training. So slight tech pair and a tear in the hamstring, which both times I was sleep deprived and went into the gym. But this can also help with recovering quicker, like being able to perform better, building more muscle over time. Sleep can reduce your hunger, making it easier to stick to your fat loss targets and being much less likely to binge. Now that's an episode I might do in future with my relationship with food and binge eating and the experiences I've had and how I've overcome this over time. But if I reflect any time I've had a moment of of a binge or overeating and going a little bit into that fuck it mindset, I can definitely say that I was likely sleep deprived or very, very stressed and then lent on food to help me try feel better, which oftentimes if we end up going to fucking mode, it usually makes us feel worse. It impacts our sleep even more. And then it's just a repeating cycle. Um, it can also result in us being more motivated. So instead of relying on how motivated we feel or trying to get hyped up for the gym watching, like I used to, uh, Ronnie Coleman training videos, you know, maybe just an extra hour in bed could be all the difference. And then by default, you don't need to rely on motivation. You'll be motivated already. And you could even come up with a, a new idea, like a new business decision that could completely transform your life. So Wrapping up the podcast today, the rambles have gone on quite a bit. I feel like a little bit of a school teacher here. Um, so instead of focusing on pre-workouts, buddy, chirotherapy, cold plunges, BCAAs, an extra hour in bed could solve a lot of your problems and help restore your mind, your body, deal with stress better, perform better in the gym, and just overall level up your life, which 
I assume if you're listening into this podcast, you want to optimize things and you want to improve in all areas of your life and sleep could definitely be the catalyst for that. So two questions to finish, to finish based on today's rambles. What's one thing you think you can do over the next seven days to improve your sleep? And what's one thing you think you can stop doing over the next seven days that might improve your sleep? So hopefully, if you do give any of those a go, even if it just means focusing on one thing you can do or one thing that you can stop doing and it delivers the results that you're after and you improve your life, your training is better, you're more motivated, you know, you achieve better outcomes in the gym and outside of the gym in life, that'll be awesome to hear that insight. So appreciate you taking the time to listen into today. Hopefully you haven't fallen asleep listening into this podcast. And as always, if you have any topics that you would like me to delve into in future, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram and I'll be more than happy to note it down. And I'm very excited for next week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in and I'll speak to you very soon.